Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summons the wise men secretly, and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them, until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Over the last few months, I've been pondering a question. If the High Court of Australia was asked to decide, would it allow a Christian to sit as a member of the Australian Parliament? Um, you, we may not have been aware of this last Christmas, but we certainly should know all about it by now, that under Section 44 of our Constitution, any person who is under any acknowledgement of allegiance, obedience or adherence to a foreign power or is a subject or a citizen or entitled to the rights or privileges of a subject or a citizen of a foreign power is not allowed to basically sit as a member of parliament. And what a dog's breakfast it's been this year. Um, unwitting dual citizens have fallen one after the other and the political parties, they get in a frenzy pointing the finger at the other parties. Oh, you've got to get rid of that one, you've got to get rid of that one, get rid of that one and try and desperately to keep their own members I reckon dog's breakfast, that's the best way to describe it. And of course, when our parliament sat, first of all, in 1901, they're probably all foreign citizens, but England wasn't considered a foreign power like what it is today. And as Christians, we are aliens. We are foreigners. Uh, not only to Australia, but we're foreigners to the world. We're citizens of the kingdom of God. Our allegiance is to another ruler. In Philippians chapter 3, we're told that our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, of course, from a Christian perspective, there's nothing wrong with being a Christian involved in politics if that is how God has called you to serve him. But as Christians, we should be greatly, greatly encouraged that in time, all earthly governments are going to be redundant. Is anybody looking forward to that time? Anybody getting, looking forward to getting rid of your government? The arrival of the rule 
and the reign of the Lord Jesus Christ will make every earthly government redundant. Today we're going to be focusing just on one verse, Matthew chapter 2, verse 6, but let me set the scene for us. The Magi, the wise men, have just come from the east to pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews. And so they arrive at the most likely spot to find a newborn king of the Jews, the palace in Jerusalem. And they go there to ask for their directions. And King Herod, in a bit of a tizzy, not knowing what on earth to do or where this birthplace of the Messiah is, Googles birthplace of the Messiah. Well, that's what he would have done if it was today, but he did the equivalent back then. He calls in the experts and says, hey, where is it? And they tell him. They came up with a quote. And Matthew doesn't give us the exact quote. He gives us a paraphrase of, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So, is anyone ready for a new ruler? We want to trade in our old ones? See, the thing is, do we even know what it's like to have a ruler? Uh, in our current democracy, I'm not even sure that we've ever even experienced a ruler. Uh, what we do is we elect people to rule our nation, in inverted commas, and, and to service, but it seems to me that whenever any of our leaders step up to do anything remotely like rule, we, the Australian people, don't like that very much. We kick up a stink and we vote them out at the next election because we don't like being told what to do. Uh, we don't like them doing stuff like that. We want self-determination. We want to be masters of our own fate and we want to receive more government services and we want to pay less taxes and so our government hardly rules us at all. They pretty much buy us presents so that we might elect them next time. Um, and of course our children are inheriting a, a ballooning national debt to go along with it. This of course is one of the many faults of democracy. But for all of its faults, would anyone here really want to give it up? Would anyone here really rather have somebody rule over us that's not elected? Don't we all want a democratically elected government? Who wants a king? A proper king, not like what they have in England. Or a dictator? Someone who would rule us with unquestioning author unquestioned authority. Now, while a good king or a benevolent dictator can be a very good form of government, they're very rare, pretty much scarcer than hen's teeth. I think it was Lord Acton who said, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And so individuals who have the power to rule, well, they tend to become despots and they're not very good rulers at all. But there is a new ruler. There is a ruler who is fit to be a king. And today, this is what Christmas is about. It's reminding us that 2,000 years ago, a baby was born who is destined to rule. Now, that's something that terrified King Herod. Uh, even at his birth, little baby Jesus divided people into two camps. Those who are filled with praise and welcome and those who are filled with hatred and opposition. And it's still the same today. At the prospect of Jesus' return, there will be those who are filled with praise and welcome and those who are filled with hatred and opposition. So Jesus 
was born to rule. That's not uncommon. Prince Charles was born to rule. How's he? he hasn't made it there yet, has he? His mother's living too long. Uh, what about, some of you might remember, Peter Costello. He waited patiently for years for his chance to rule. But his chance never came. But they got nothing on Jesus. Jesus was born to rule and more than 2,000 years later, we're still waiting. When Jesus was nailed to the cross, his enemies thought, ha, he'll never rule now. They were wrong. Of this we can be certain. The one who was born to rule will one day rule. When he, when he returns, that's exactly what he'll be doing. In the book of Revelation, we're told what sort of rule Jesus is going to have. Uh, and if you're not on Jesus' side, it will probably sound pretty terrifying. It says he will rule with a rod of iron. That means that what Jesus says goes. No ruler will we wield as much power over the nations as what Jesus will. And that's a good thing. Because not only is Jesus a ruler, he's also a shepherd. Jesus is no corrupt despot out to fleece his subjects, far from it. He is a shepherd who died for his flock. Now, I don't know whether it's because of my sheep background, but I love this biblical image of imagery of Jesus as shepherd. Uh, but I'm also very aware that it's nothing at all like what I used to treat my sheep. Um, like, I would never lay down my life for a sheep. Uh, in fact, it sort of worked the other way a fair bit. I'd, I'd kill lots of them and put them in the freezer. Um, and I might go looking for 100 if 100 were missing, but I don't think I'd bother firing up the motorbike to go looking for one. The thing is, I wasn't a good shepherd. Jesus is a good shepherd. And Jesus rules as a good shepherd cares for his sheep. So this Christmas, will we be content thinking of this little baby in a manger or are we ready for a new ruler? Not a ruler who will get elected by the people. In fact, Jesus would never, ever get the popular vote. You saw how they voted for Jesus when they crucified him. Jesus won't be a ruler elected by the people, but he will be an all-powerful king who will step in and reign in the kingdom that is rightfully his. King of kings, Lord of lords, Emmanuel, God with us. You know, Robin, she had all the Christmas carols picked and she said to me, which one do you want to come after the message? And me, knowing that I was going to be talking about kings, looked at the first carol and it talked about Jesus being a king and stuff. And I thought, that's the one, Robin, that's one. But you know what, as I've kept listening, just about all, I didn't, I didn't look at the others. It seems like all the carols talk about Jesus coming as king because he is. He's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Now, usually at Christmas time, we evangelicals tend to concentrate on Jesus came to save us from our sins. And that's true, he did. And that's a good message to preach. But the Christian... Christian Christmas message also points us forwards 
to the day when our salvation is going to be complete. Our salvation isn't complete yet, and it won't be until Jesus returns. And so the Christmas message points forwards to that time when all those throughout the world will have their cry, how long, answered. How long will we be ruled by a despot? How long will we be, have to suffer these self-serving politicians? How long will we have to suffer the casualties and the atrocities of war? How long will our leaders lie to us? How long will my enemies rise up against me? How long will we have to suffer injustice? How long will we have to endure the violence and wickedness of lawlessness? How long will the obscene threat of nuclear holocaust be the best deterrent we have to war? How long? One day Jesus will return in righteousness. We don't know when that is. And on that day, we'll have that cry answered. But even on that day, the people of the earth will still be divided into two camps. Those who are filled with praise and welcome and those who are filled with hatred and opposition. See, Jesus didn't get the popular vote then. Jesus won't get the popular vote today and he won't get the popular vote when he returns. But who do we want for our leader? Does he have our vote now? Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, what a blessing it is to remember the birth of our Saviour. But we realise that our salvation is not yet complete. Lord, we long for you to come as our ruler. And we praise you that although your rule will be as strong as a rod of iron, we have nothing to fear. Because you are our shepherd, our good shepherd. We praise you that you laid down your life for your sheep and that in your great love and mercy you are making us ready as a people fit for their king. And Lord, as we remember that first Christmas and we remember your first coming, we pray for your coming again. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Merry Christmas, everyone.